Herbert West is at the top of his class in medical school. How can you teach such drivel? These people are here to learn, and you're closing their minds before they even have a chance. What are He's you? brilliant, but a little weird. I've broken the six to 12 minute barrier. I've conquered brain death. His experiments have always been unorthodox. It was dead. But lately, they're getting out of hands. And he's just made a discovery that could wake up the dead. Herbert West has affected reanimation in dead animal tissue. What are you thinking? How do you feel? You? 15 cc's of reagent being administered. Once you wake up the dead, you've got a real mess on your hands. Dead? Not anymore. Herbert West brought a lot of dead people back to life. And not one of them showed any appreciation. H.P. Lovecraft's classic tale of horror, Reanimator. Mr. West. You'll never get credit for my discovery. Who's going to believe a talking head get a job in a sideshow? It will scare you to pieces. beer spritzer pretty much so you might need to adjust your mics because people of all different heights have been using these mic stands Aces and sexes yeah there it's for real we're recording it's already recording well just barely it's for real yeah because this shit just got real well we made it should we kick it off let's kick it off Hey listeners, welcome back. You are listening to another exciting episode of Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. This is that there podcast that talks about them, their horror movies, and uh, spoils them. Spoils them. Spoils them rotten. And uh, we thank you, dear Moonrays, for giving us that intro song. That's probably behind us as we're mumbling right now. Intro creature features. Richard's done his job, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> if I edit He's, this thing He does all the high tech editing on the show Yeah The fade ins yep. Musical interludes Yep, the recordings of uh, the trailers from 30 years ago on movies Yeah, it's all good 
yeah, it works out. It kind of gives you the idea that we actually watched the movie. We're going to talk about it. What are we talking about again? Uh, oh, yeah, Reanimator. Reanimator. You brought her. You Reanimator. Yep. No, that happens in the second movie. Big spoilers yeah. on Bride of Reanimator. Bride of Reanimator. The title kind of gives it away. Which I have to rewatch now. So we're back. We were gone. Well, we weren't. Gone. Two out of the three of us were gone anyway. I don't know if Jolien stayed behind. <laughs> no, I was, I was doing Gumby. <laughs> That's code, right? Yeah. <laughs> he was high on the Gumby. I was getting high on the Gumby. We were doing some Gumby. So, Will, you went. And I was feeling a little pokey afterwards. <laughs> You, you weren't quite up I for... I get that reference now. <laughs> you weren't up for old Mexico, so you went to New Mexico. I went to New Mexico, yes, for the weekend. Now, a resident of New Mexico is called... A New Mexican. A New Mexican. And if you're elderly, would you be an old New Mexican? Yes. Or you're an elderly New Mexican. You could do that too, huh? Okay. Just checking. I went to Phoenix mm. and uh, went to Comic-Con... Yeah. Did not get shot. Did not get shot by the Punisher. Nope. The Punisher, in fact, was sitting on a couch, apparently, when the SWAT team grabbed him. Just like in the comics. <laughs> he lived in his mom's basement and got caught sitting on a couch. Yep. It was a short-lived series. Well, it's a one-shot. Well, he, he, uh, he got exhausted looking for the uh, Davenport, and finally, when he realized it was a couch... He was just tired. He was busy trying to alphabetize his Funko Pop need list. <laughs> Couldn't keep all the Mugu guy pants. <laughs> and the and General Ch- Tao's chickens. The Storm Chaser series. Yes. <laughs> uh, do you guys have the Storm Chaser Mugu guy pan figures? I don't know. But the know. gold one? Oh, yeah. So we sold out of the gold one. Yeah. We sent the gold ones to a different show. What the hell are we talking about, you might wonder. I went to help a they friend. They stopped listening by this point. If you're still listening, congratulations. It'll get better from here. Uh, I, I w- <laughs> we should end it right there. Can't top that line. We just had John Schnepp on the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are we going to do that's going to even compare to that? Mm-hmm. We're just going to stall until we put Derek Riggs' episode up. When is that coming up? I think we'll put that up either, well, this is toward the end of this week as we're recording mm-hmm. this, um, somewhere within the first week of June. I think we'll put it in as a bonus episode. Um, for our listeners who are still listening, Derek Riggs, who did the Iron Maiden album covers up to a certain point, like most of the, all of the good ones. <laughs> the ATs. Yes. Uh he was kind enough to grant us an interview and he was awesome. Great stories. You're going to love hearing about uh, how he got into the business, uh, how other accounts of what happened weren't necessarily how Eddie true. was based on a neighbor of his, I believe. I think you're thinking of Butthead. Mike, oh. Mike Judge with Butthead. Oh, okay. Eddie was based on an older brother. I think it was. <laughs> a high school <clears throat> associate. <laughs> Eddie Haskell. Yes. So, anywho, um, I went to uh, Phoenix Comic Con to help my friend Dustin sell Funko Pops to people who wanted things I'd never heard of all damn day. <laughs> and he also had my artwork up in his booth, so I got to make some money off of that as well. 
I don't know why I'm so delighted hearing people refer to pop culture things I'm not aware of. <laughs> it's a lot of fun, isn't it? So uh, thank you, Brian and Crystal, for putting us up in Phoenix. That was awesome of you. And uh, we survived a, a lot of mishaps with freight and a lot of running around to strange parts of Phoenix and got there, sold stuff, met a lot of people, had fun, uh, didn't get shot by the Punisher, and neither did the Green Power Ranger. Well, the actor who played the Green Power Ranger. The real Green Power Ranger is still missing in action. What's the story? You, do some, you not know this? The Power Ranger one. Oh, oh, some guy dressed as the Punisher wanted to shoot cops, and the actor who played the Green Power Ranger, I don't know if it's the latest movie or from the original series or anything about this Yeah, I'm Power Ranger. I'm equally clueless. I think he's he's fairly young, I think. I think he's it's I have a, no idea. It's the more recent version of it. So this guy was gonna come and kill him. He said he was gonna finish the job because he had previously stabbed him, but this actor has never been stabbed. So he said that's clearly a fantasy too. Uh from what I gathered, he had a sawed off shotgun, a couple of pistols and some knives. He was wearing body armor and somehow got past that place where they check your weapons to see if they're real and put zip ties or flags on them to indicate that they've been checked. He got past that checkpoint, apparently with no problem. Uh, the next day was a problem for anybody who wanted to walk in with anything because you weren't allowed to bring a foam, any kind of weapon, or mm -hmm. it could be paper mache, it could be the worst looking weapon. You weren't getting in and everyone was getting wanded with the metal detector at the door. And uh, that was that, you know, the lines took an extra hour and a half uh, to get in on top of whatever time it was going to take to get in. Um, I'm glad that the actor is safe. I'm glad this guy with obvious mental problems is not out in the world with a bunch of guns. Um, I hope he gets the help he needs. And which is more guns. <laughs> the help he needs is a is a one of those tripod mounted guns. Uh huh. Well, but, Trump, I'm sure, just made it easier to get get more guns. Yeah, it's it's uh, the amendment is called the Kofefe amendment. Yes, <laughs> that's some sort of dog whistle word that <laughs> makes. We're gonna find out that means something terrible. It probably does. So, uh, like I said, you know. I met John Schnapp and interviewed him. Met Derek Riggs, interviewed him. Uh, one episode's already up. The other one's coming up soon. And it was pretty awesome. Uh, the one I didn't get to interview was Danny Trejo. Uh, I never heard back from management. And then my friend with the Funko Pop booth, um, Plastic Empire. Um, he actually knows Danny's appearance manager, but that manager was at another event or mm. doing something else. Made no appearance? Well... The appearance manager did not appear. Yes. A different person was there helping Danny. So I was hoping to get to uh, at least get a um, a bumper from him. Yeah. Like an intro. So that's all I got for um, cool current events. And I'll kick off the What Have You Watched Since Last Time? A bunch of episodes of uh, The Adventures of Rick and Morty. Mm -hmm. uh, it is called The Adventures Of, right? I think, yeah, I think, Rick and Morty. I yeah, think we, people know it. If you say the words Rick and Morty together, then you know what we're talking about. Um, watched a bunch of episodes of that with Brian and Crystal and Dustin, and we drank drinks and watched Rick and Morty, and it was fun. That's all I've done. Um, if you're not familiar with the show and want to watch one to get an idea of what kind of crazy shit this is, the one with the Mr. Meeseeks, yeah. the blue guy who will accomplish a task for you so he can disappear. 
because pain existence is pain yeah that one is cool that that's a good starter for you or the one that's the second or third episode there I, i think it is yeah i thought that show was good if you think of them as they were originally supposed to be doc brown and and marty marty from back to the future yeah rick and morty are doc and marty yeah really otherwise i don't know it didn't, it didn't do much for me i watched the first season and it was cute but yeah i, I don't know it didn't everybody else ranted and raved about it and it's kinda, I, I knew i would like it it's another cartoon yeah in an already oversaturated market but it would be the one out of five that I would like more than the other four. Yeah. That's how I feel about it. And I, I, did, I did really enjoy it. So, Jolien, what did you watch since we did this last? It's been a couple of weeks. Well, I, I finished up uh, Gumby a, a couple of days ago. I've just done uh, four stories in a row without any time off. And... Uh, so I, 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 you know, you know, when you're working on something like that, and you just like, okay, I'll be ill afterwards, right? <laughs> I'll rest afterwards. So once it was done, I just like frrr, collapsed and just uh, lay on the couch and watched a bunch of stuff. I'll sleep when I'm dead. It was nice, <clears throat> um, but I, you know, it's a fun series to work on because, you know, I wasn't familiar with it at all beforehand. But it's a flexible character, you know, as long as you get the features in the right proportions right like the rest of the body can go all over the place you know and you just channel your uh plastic man or whatever yeah um yeah it's fun to do I mean, I, he doesn't wear any clothes so it's easy to draw well i i stick clothes on him depending what he's up to in the story oh okay and sometimes they specify like uh uh the last one i, I did was a story where uh, him and pokey decide that the they're watching a ninja movie. Yeah. So then they put on ninja masks and decide that, that they're ninja and try to sneak up on all their friends with disastrous <laughs> results. So uh, I got to do like uh, recreations of uh, like them watching a, a ninja movie. Nice. So I, I couldn't I couldn't just let it go, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I obsessively you know, try and make it look like they're watching a ninja movie. And um... any particular movie. Uh, oh, I went back to the, the, the best ninja movies I've ever seen in the uh, Shinobi no Mono series in the early 60s. Okay. Um, which are fantastic. I mean, like the first couple of movies that are just good movies of any kind, but the the, the way out, the, there's not nothing that comes close to them ah, okay. ninja movies. Um, but yeah, yeah I, 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 I had the first one of those playing while I was referencing Japanese buildings and trees and stuff like that that <laughs> once once they got this panel shrunk down to how it, the print size it's you know it's about it's like three postage stamps wide you know, so it'll, it'll all fly by readers but anyway oh, um, that's always the problem yeah <laughs> take you take all this time to draw this shit people just fly right past it yeah but, you, yeah, I couldn't let it go you know when you well, say you did four not. stories, is that four books or is that four That's going to be segments? the first two issues. Okay. So two stories per issue. Yeah. And they've okay. got a different writer doing each one. All right. And uh, yeah, that was like issue two is the ninja story and and where the, the gang goes to uh, Paris. And that one was so hard because every panel, there'd be a new location in Paris. As long as you drove 
Yeah, as long as you drew the Eiffel Tower in the background. Yep. Every <laughs> single panel, <laughs> no matter where you are. Oh, yeah, there's, there's one panel where uh, one of the characters is riding a carousel, and it's the carousel next to the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. And it's, like, so complicated to draw. <laughs> it's going to be so you small. you have to draw the and Eiffel Tower eight out panels the panels on this page. And, like, one of them... Uh, and there's always there's always uh, scenes where they they go in and out of various classical paintings. Okay, yeah. So at one point, Gummy goes into the Louvre. So I was like, okay, all right. I hear my, I'm drawing the exterior and interior of the Louvre and a whole bunch of paintings and Gummy going in and out of them. <sighs> Just took ages. To yeah, do. that's but crazy. It takes about two minutes to write. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, it's fun, fun to do. But anyway, um, yeah. So I have a list of things I saw. So go you, so go you, for it. So you hit the couch <laughs> and hard. Yeah, tried catching up on stuff I'd recorded. A uh, whole bunch of kung fu movies. I won't tell you all of them. But um, I love movies directed by... His director called... He's, he's known as Choi Yuan or Chu Yuan. He, he has like several names. Uh, Ang Lee is a big acolyte of him. Uh, but I, I love his movies. They've got this real nice sense of fantasy and hmm. uh, you know, magic. And uh, This is one called The Hidden Power of Dragon Saber with Derek Yee. All the films he did with Derek Yee I uh, recommend. And Tai Long. Uh, Ku Feng, Loli, the, you know, all-star cast. Uh, Sherry Chung in an early role. Um, and that, that one was really bizarre. It, it's like uh, one of these early 80s ones I think it's from 84 were uh, just like nuts uh, this is a bit where they fall into a mountain and end up on a spaceship um, the, the, the cl- one would do <laughs> right is it, the climax ends up with this invisible Han and uh, laser beam Mongolian with magic swords in the zodiac chamber of the Mongolian spaceship cave while being stabbed by the mole dwarf with a great sense of smell hmm. huh is that one oh um that old that, story <laughs> that old chestnut and i saw another one by him uh swordsman and enchantress which uh, again has got tai Lung in it uh ching li and lily lee and when sui hu um that one that one's from 78 and that one's really nice kind of chivalry fairy tale movie very atmospheric um yeah love that one uh and then chang uh chang che if you want like straightforward acrobatics and kung fu action uh chang che is the one and uh he, he did a lot of the, the films of the venom okay uh group um so crippled avengers i'd never seen that before oh i'd seen crippled masters but crippled avengers okay is the i think like yeah, I I, I, I think I've seen crippled masters. Then. Yeah, crippled masters is where actual people He's who have like got no arms. Yeah, and right, the other right, guy right, had, right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, um, but crippled Avengers, uh, you got the the classic like Venom Squad, um, Ko Choi, Sun Chen, Lo Meng, Chang Shen, and uh, it's Luke one of those blinded. Man. One of them's uh, uh, like deaf and mute. One loses his legs. One is like uh, they squeeze his head so hard so that he uses his. He becomes this like idiot. Everyone calls him an idiot, <laughs> but but they all develop their uh, kung fu to deal with it and work together yeah. and take take revenge. But, oh no, I haven't seen that. One. Uh, and then and then they're up against Chen Quan Tai, who's like fantastic. I love him. Who's got like tiger style, and then uh, and then his son 
who lost his hands. So he's had them replaced by these like iron gauntlets with all these contraptions in them. Uh, it's played by Lu Feng. So it's got some amazing acrobatics in that. It's such fun. Sweet. And okay, and we watched a bit of the uh, the Whistler series. Have you heard of that? It's like one of those. This is back when uh, movies. You know, people are like, oh, they're just making movies out of radio plays mm-hmm. instead of TV shows or comics. It, um, the Whistler was a radio series, but it was one of those kind of omnipotent hosts, like yeah, like, like the Shadow. Yeah, yeah. and it, so he, he, when he comes on, you know, it's obviously a whistle and a spooky whistle thing, and he. And in the movies, is this all you see of him is the shadows, this like hard edge shadow that follows the characters into a scene, and then, and then occasionally it'll, it'll turn up and make some comment about foolish mortals <laughs> getting into trouble again. And uh, but uh, yeah, a whole bunch of the series is directed by William Castle. Oh, okay. I, I'm not a big fan of his stuff. I kind of no. enjoy some of his movies, yeah. but. Uh, but there's this one entry called The Power of the Whistler, which is directed by Lou Landers. Uh, he's he's one of those B-movie directors that I recommend looking out for. Like yeah, Edward name sounds Ulmer. It's kind of like, the, you, they're a little different. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did The Raven, the 35 okay. version, which is cool. Have you seen that one? I Not don't think so. Karloff and Lugosi. It's been a long time. Uh, and he did this really uh, interesting one called Terrified in the 60s. I think that was one of his last movies. Hmm. Um, uh, Joe Dante loves him because, like, uh, there's this reporter character named Lou Landers in his couple of his movies. Oh, okay. Uh, and most of the Whistler series stars Richard Dix playing different characters um, towards the end of his life. Um, but yeah, Power of, Power of the Whistler is kind of kind of eerie, and it ends up in it, by the end of the movie, you're thinking this is like Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> it's like Friday the Thirteenth, especially Part Two. Huh. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it's really cool. Um, all right, that's that one. Uh, oh yeah, Odd Obsession, uh, Connie Chikawa movie from '59. Japanese title is Kagi, which means the key. From, it's based on a novel called The Key. Uh, but it's got a great cast. It's Machiko Kyo, who is in Rashomon, uh, Ganjiro Nakamura, and Junko Kano, and Tatsuya Nakadai, who's that really. The actor's got this big soulful eyes that you see in lots of okay. movies. It's 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 one of those Japanese stories of perversion and obsession. It's really good. <laughs> uh, there's um, yeah, it, it, it gets into some very odd territory. Um, it's not it's not anything explicit, but there's some odd behaviour going on. <laughs> Um, really well filmed really nice and then I saw uh, Don Siegel's first feature film called The Verdict Not seen hmm. it. don't know that one from 1946 I, I started watching it because it's Peter Lorre and it's a Peter Lorre Sydney Green Street movie which oh, they're okay. always fun I think it's their last one together uh, Peter Lorre plays this hard drinking womanising artist called Victor Okay. who's got this really sick sense of humour he's it's like Everyone's, everyone in the movie is set up as a red herring for this murder. It's this kind of closed room mystery. Mm-hmm. You can kind of guess the twist <clears throat> early on because of the way it's structured. You know, you have a good idea who it really is, but everyone is such a delightful red herring. Um, so Peter Laurie, he's just really into to illustrating bodies and stuff. <laughs> oh, okay. um, one of the actors in the movie, one of the characters says, 
Oh, I have always had a suppressed desire to see a grave opened. <laughs> I, won't, I won't tell you which one. He was just a booberry ripoff, wasn't he? Yes. Jeez. But, um, yeah, there's the occasional where it's really dark. There's like these filters and things they use in it to make it look like foggy London. Huh. You know, there's fog everywhere. And, um, the, there's, uh, there's some cool uh, tracking shots and uh, shots where it goes from a miniature into an actual set. And uh, there's, there's this bit where they... There's there's a whole bunch of the suspects in this courtroom, and the camera kind of does this whip pan around the courtroom and and then stops in all their faces. Um, yeah, they're pretty cool. Uh, Swamp Thing from eighty one. Have you seen that one? Yes. Wes Craven. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I have not seen it in. Oh, not a m- good one. I many many years. <laughs> I remember he tears the trailer off the truck, and you can see the wires as he throws it. <laughs> oh, That's wow. the first one or the second one. I don't remember. Oh, that must be the second one. Yeah. It's pretty bad. I I, I liked it because it's Adrian Barbeau yeah. in most of the movie. Yeah, uh, it's got it's got lots of fun bits in it. I I, I think it's the second time I've seen it. Uh, it's got a really cool cast. I I I forgot that Ray Wise was playing Alec oh. Holland before oh. he transforms. Yeah, very young Ray Wise. He's hmm. like hard to. So what? Wow, he didn't always look that old. Yeah. Uh, David Hess is in it from Last House on the Left. Um. Uh, I, I love the kid playing Jude, uh, Reggie Betts. He, he gets lots of funny lines, and he's got a really good repartee with Adrian Barbeau in that. Uh, Louis Jordan is in it as uh, Arcane. Uh, and I saw uh, Rings. Rings. Which, That's the new Ring movie, right? Yeah, well, yeah, they, they filmed it two years ago, but they kept delaying it because they wanted to finish up their other franchises, like the Ouija franchise and the paranormal right. activity and then release it right in the hopes of it being another franchise mm. which it probably will be because it made a lot of money but it's it's pretty dull mm. i've I, only I, seen ring yeah um so it commits the worst oh, sin ring, yeah <laughs> i've seen the original as well right right i love the the original one but yeah. um yeah i mean you get you cotton pretty you caught on pretty early that the main character, the woman who's, inve- who's investigating things, is not in any danger. Yeah. She's going to see scary stuff, but she's not in actual danger. So the character that, the only character you get to know is not going to come to harm. Oh. And uh, so you're like, uh, yeah, it's just marking time for, for a lot of it. Um, yeah, I, neither of us like that one. Um, oh, and another kung fu movie called Oath of Death with uh, Loli in it again. Very gory, lots of splatter. There's like every single sword fight is you just you sense the presence of somebody just off screen with a bucket of bright red stuff ready to throw it all over. It's got them awesome. Uh, the the final duel in it is just like involves like hand and skull and leg lopping and oh, man. <laughs> it's got uh early appearance by bolo young before he was you know the the chinese hercules but uh yeah that, that was fun as well but anyway that's what i saw excellent so let's throw it to you will what did you watch uh, i finished up the americans season five started better call saul season three yeah i think it's three watch the first two episodes <clears throat> i believe three episodes and then <clears throat> Tuesday night when I got back from, well, 
Wednesday morning when I got back from my long bus ride back from New Mexico. <laughs> Uh, I decided to watch Videodrome again at 2 in the morning. <laughs> sleep deprived. <laughs> totally sleep Excellent. deprived. High as a kite oh. with the volume turned down to 2. <laughs> so I didn't wake my wife. It was awesome. The That's only true. thing that would have made it better is if there were commercials for local things. Right. Uh, you know, and they would have delayed it. Unfortunately, I fell asleep before the end. But uh, and And it would have also been better if I could have woken up during the next show that you wouldn't know what was going on you know because but it stopped playing after that movie you know but uh don't you miss that i highly recommend watching videodrome at two in the morning yeah after a long bus ride yeah yeah the, uh that's about all that i've watched really don't you miss that waking up to the national anthem and then static oh man those yes, were the days those were always so great yeah, yeah. It was it was really disappointing for me because a lot of times that would that would occur and I would be like, but I I could stay up longer. Yes. And now TV doesn't do that, you know. No, it goes to like infomercials, maybe. Which is worse than static, in my opinion. <laughs> it would, really is. I'd rather have a test pattern or static. That concludes our broadcast day. Yeah. Then just <laughs> that's it. Ah, uh, many Saturday nights. Yeah. Fall asleep watching whatever the creature feature is and uh -huh. wake, up, wake up to static. Yeah. Um, Richard Sala, who does uh, oh, comic. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. He talks about that, watching old movies at two in the morning and that weird feeling you get when you, you're half asleep and you watch a movie that... Mm you don't really know anything about and maybe you don't remember all of it and just how you know sort of fascinating that feeling is they almost become like dreams yes yeah uh, you know yeah when we did the halloween marathons at college and like uh, we put on Razorhead at three in the morning yes and, and people the next day were like i had this weird dream and there was this <laughs> baby in it and... that's why i've not watched rewatched Eraserhead. Mm. Of all of David Lynch's movies, I've only watched it once, and I, I want to keep it that way because I saw it when I was 11, and it's like a weird, fucked-up dream that yeah, I had. Yeah. I don't want to know how much was real and how much was really <laughs> in the movie, you know? I remember um, uh, the, the all-weekend marathons with Johnny Legend at the Scala Cinema in London, and uh -huh. and uh, he'd, he'd, yeah, they'd be doing all this bizarre stuff between movies as well, and, and he... The, Sometimes it might be all those like Doctor Blood movies from the Philippines, mm -hmm. which all look kind of similar to each other. Yeah, <laughs> this kind of sweaty green jungle stuff, and and, uh, and it's, you just then for the next week you just oh did I dream that what was, was that real? real? And then, yeah, and then I you know I track down the movies later and, <laughs> and I'm watching them and you know, they're kind of ordinary and it, was, <laughs> it wasn't this like fever dream of some. <laughs> Yeah. So you ruined them by rewatching. Yeah, yeah. Spoiled the mystique, really. You know. You know, from our past conversations, I really want to watch Highlander again because. <laughs> so we, that could be an art movie to watch when you're high episode. <laughs> Probably. Highlander shouldn't be watched yeah. sober. That movie. I mean, if you no. really think about it, like it's not a horror movie, but it's got like this big crazy dude who's chasing after people, wanting to cut their heads off. I mean, it's got every element of a horror movie. It just mm. isn't. Technically. I heard a great quote this weekend that the difference between horror and sci-fi is explanation. 
I suppose that's true. So, well, Stephen King for you there. Mm. Well, yeah. It's, I was thinking about Alien when he said it. It's like, well, yeah, Alien does fit into horror then. I, I was, uh, yeah, I was uh, reading another um, discussion of um, difference between them genres. If you know, sometimes they just cross over. Yeah. Um, but the, the characterization of monsters, uh, horror movies—they're always sympathetic. Mm-hmm. And in science fiction, they aren't. They're inhuman. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, just a generalization. Yeah. <coughs> well, what about this movie that we watched? Reanimator? Should we talk about that? I watched that one, too. This is funny. <laughs> I, well, I've seen uh, Nightmare on Elm Street way more times than I've seen Reanimator. Yet I remember, like, every bit of Reanimator. <laughs> it's amazing, but isn't Freddy, it? Freddy, I didn't remember. <laughs> You know, what was interesting, uh, since you and I both uh, subscribed to Shudder, I was very happy to see it was on there and a very good version of it. Yeah, um, it was. Yeah, it's really sharp looking. Um, it's all there from what I can tell. Uh, I had not maybe picked up on, and I should have, that uh, the soundtrack sounded a lot like Psycho. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, of course, Psycho it's, is all strings. It's deliberate. Yeah, and it yeah. is deliberate. I did find that out in doing some reading. I thought, well, uh, it says, uh, was it Richard Band or Charles Richard Band? Band. Yeah, okay, Richard Band did the music. And uh, I thought, well, you know, he, he's in with that whole full moon thing. And, uh, you know, they're, they're known to do some shysty things. <laughs> so would it be weird that he ripped off Psycho? Not necessarily. Uh, but it's more of an homage. And... I'm happy to know that because it really does have the vibe of the psycho soundtrack. And that really sets the mood because Dr. West, well, I guess he's not really doctor real quick aside here. Those yiping dogs are not mine and they will be moving soon. So hopefully only a couple more episodes of that. Those yiping dogs aren't real. And if you're hearing them now, please seek help. <laughs> Welcome to night Vale. <laughs> it's just like that. Those yiping dogs are in your imagination, but you still have to feed them. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so that really set the mood. But those opening credits, holy crap, all that crazy bright neon stuff yeah, kind of moving they're around. Impre- they're uh, influenced by those AIP movies, those Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. They'd, you know, they'd have those swirling colors. And... Yeah. yeah. Totally. It sets up the mood. Well, you told me an interesting fact yesterday that this was supposed to be a TV series. Well, yeah, that was written. It was (laughs) there's a big backstory. He was thinking of PBS, isn't he? Yeah, he was thinking, (laughs) which is crazy because he was probably picturing it set in uh, Lovecraft's time, in the twentieth, in the the twenties, right? This is like early twentieth century. The original stories. Okay. Yeah. Because like. yeah, it could have worked for the first couple of stories because they're pretty restrained. There's like body snatching goes on. Oh yeah. And once you get up to the sixth story, when they're they're the you know it's during the war. Yeah, and they're both surgeons. And the the, the bodies are just coming in, you know, yeah. more than they can handle, and it just gets extremely gory. Yeah. But the the first couple of stories that he could have got away with, I think. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, if you if you read Herbert West Reanimator. It's uh, it's crazy. It, it it kind of feels like a, like a less flowery, more updated Frankenstein kind of a story. Mm-hmm. And really, that's Doctor West is just kind of a, a nutty, 
a surgeon who wants to give life to dead things. And it's, that's the big thing that it has in common. Uh, there is really something interesting about, and it's Jeffrey Combs' uh, portrayal of Herbert West, but <laughs> there's just something like so magnetic about his character. Yeah. And it's just like you want him to get away with the shit he's doing, even though it's so abhorrent. Yeah, he's kind of ruining everyone's lives around him. Right. But you're kind of cheering him on. <laughs> because there's, he's just so driven and so out of touch with reality. Right. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah. he's perfectly himself. Absolutely. Well, it certainly made sense once you told me that it that had been thought of as a TV series, because that is the only thing I don't, care for this movie is i find the direction very tv movie of the week kind of yeah it, you know, well, it was... it's very everything's shot very straightforward everything other than like i think the scene where they're walking down the hall looking for the cat is kind of one of the only scenes where the camera's moving about most of the time it's fairly fixed yeah <clears throat> and so that sort of explained why that was. Because <clears throat> everything else in this is, is fantastic. I didn't feel it was really static. I, I always thought it was he kind uses of... uses lots of dolly shots and... Static. It gets more dolly shots, kind of I guess. Kubrick and Polanski. And... Really? I, I don't know. I, watching this again, I, I always found this one, the direction to be a little less than... That's his first movie. Spectacular. Well, maybe that's it. And and being the idea of doing it as a TV show or it was originally supposed to be as a play. Yeah, he wanted to do a stage play and then got you know the idea that, well, that would be so hard to stage that maybe yeah. it would be better off as television. Really? And then he was really thinking that way. I hadn't heard that. Yeah. I know he wanted that's to crazy. film it at the Organic Theater. In Chicago, yeah. Uh, but then the, the <clears throat> organized... Or producers of whatever of the organic theater took said a look no. at the story and said, no. <laughs> Come on, what could be more organic? <laughs> There's organic bodies. <laughs> bodies everywhere. So there was a, a great quote from uh, uh, Brian Yuzna, or Yuzna, I'm not sure how he pronounces it. I think it's Yuzna. Yuzna, okay. So Brian Yuzna had said uh, that he wanted this to have, uh, how did he say it was the... Um, cause he'd worked on, I think he had worked on dark star, the John Carpenter one. But anyway, um, he wanted, he wanted the film to have the shock sensibility of evil dead and hopefully the production values of the howling. Okay. That's kind of what he was striving for. And, and I, I think that you can kind of see and feel got some the of that. shock value of howling too. <laughs> <laughs> Your sister's a werewolf. <laughs> Isn't that three? Okay, Howling Three. No, Your two. sister's a werewolf. Howling Three is the Marsupials. Oh, yes, that's right. No, that's right. That's even better. That's right. After that, I kind of get blurry. Right. That's... I think Howling Three is the best of the bunch. There. They they clearly quit trying after one. Uh, what's interesting to me is that is that you're you're getting most of your story, almost all of your story, from five main characters. Mm-hmm. So you've got uh, you've got. Is it Dan? Is that his name? Um, Dan Kane. Yeah, Dan and Her- and Herbert are roommates. Um, and then you've got... Uh, I don't remember his girlfriend's Megan. name. Megan. Yeah, is a girlfriend. And then you've got the dean and the and basically the, dean, the head Megan's doctor. Megan's wife, mm-hmm. or Megan's father, and then, yeah, the, yeah. D- the dean. 
Yeah. Or so that is the dean and that then is the, the dean. head doctor, whatever his name was. And that's all five. Yeah. Everybody else is sort of incidental um, or less important to the story. And that, and you think about that, like on a, on a stage, that would be, and maybe that's kind of looking at how it started, you know, that would be easier to work that out rather than having, you know, 13 main characters. Oh, yeah. You don't want to do that with you. Debut movie. No, I'd love to see this as a stage play. Be interesting. And, and, and they do it as a musical now, I think. And and uh, I think Stuart Gordon produced mm. and directed yeah. it. But I do know that uh, Jeffrey Combs. I don't need the musical bits. I just want the <laughs> stage play. Why is everything going to be a damn musical? <laughs> I don't need people bursting into song. Unless it's a Rocky Horror Picture Show. No. Right. You know that's the only Rocky film without Rocky in it. <laughs> that's true. Could you see Stallone wearing that kind of drag? It's <laughs> too short. <laughs> right. It wouldn't work. So when's the first time you saw this, Julian? Uh, it would have been on videotape yeah. and heavily cut. Uh-huh, Video Nasties era? Heavily, heavily cut. It was yeah. only a two and a half minute long film. This came, on the, came out on the tail end of Video Nasties, so it would have been just cut and, you know, end of story yeah. The, the version that reached distribution in the UK. There's no debate. It was yeah. nothing but the head scene. <laughs> <laughs> there was, it's like uh, they, they did want to, they were going for an R and, and uh, they submitted it to the MPAA and who just laughed and and they realised that if they tried to have a rating on it at all, it would be like half an hour long. So they just, <sighs> so Brian Usner said it was to it unrated and, and it, it which would be an X if they asked for a rating on what was there. Yeah, yeah which yeah. would have meant no advertising. Most theatres wouldn't play it. Yeah. But then it got shown at Cannes at a midnight show, and the critics loved it. Oh, it, sweet. Of course. It's that good. It's that fun. Yeah, it I is mean, a lot the, of fun. The audiences went nuts, which was the more important thing. I was trying to explain to Eugenia why, you know, people everybody's seen this movie but mm-hmm. it's kind of a small film kind of cult classic and it's like yeah i remember everybody ranting about this movie <laughs> it's like it's, cause it's funny and gross and kind of out there um but i don't think it's really terribly offensive in any way that that some horror films are yeah. you know and, and Her- uh, herbert west really takes his work very seriously <laughs> And uh, Jeffrey Combs plays it straight. He's so, funny. Yeah. he's so straight in the role, and and that's the great thing about it is, is he's this uh, <laughs> very one track minded character, mm. and, and uh, he's not going to be stopped by anything. Yeah. So you think about that, and it's like, okay, this this is a horror comedy. But nobody's goofy except for mm-hmm. it is silly to see a guy carrying his own head around. Yeah, that's crazy. I, rem- I remember um, which happens in the stories. It, yeah, and my my I think my brother and I were watching it when I was probably in my twenties and back visiting the family. And uh, I think my dad came in and sat down with us in the living room. <laughs> and it was right about the part where the doctor's walking around with, with his own oh, head okay. in his hands and. <laughs> It's it's always great when you see your parents laughing like that. It's <laughs> something that you're having fun with. Yeah, I don't yeah. think my parents could take this at all. <laughs> so uh, that that's the thing about it is that it is funny <clears throat> without clowning to get you know to get the laughs. Uh-huh. Yeah, 
I would say this movie is campy, in a way. It it somehow is, but without. But it's, But you but can't it, point to it and say there's the campy thing. True. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it it I would say that's part of the reason it's popular is because it's got, or maybe it's just this side of camp. Have you ever gotten like the feeling off of somebody that there's something wrong with them, like they're they're weird or they're sketchy, but you can't point your finger at the weird or sketchy thing they've done. <laughs> yeah. It's the same thing with this movie and its campiness. Mm. You can't point out it and go, okay, that's yeah, the yeah. campy thing about this movie <clears throat> right it's there. Like, although the soundtrack, I mean, it's the Psycho soundtrack. Yeah. But uh, it is. it does work. It is really good at setting the right tone. And <clears throat> it, it, it doesn't like say, oh, this is a joke. But it, it does give it that tone. You know, yeah. So, so that things are, when it's supposed to be funny, it's funny. And when it's horrific, mm-hmm. it's horrific. And yeah, yeah. it works really well. Yeah. I think the first Sticking time I the saw... the head on the spike. Oh, yeah. Like the... <laughs> this is a fantastic <laughs> bit. It's great because yeah. it kept falling over. Because and... he's just looking around and he's like, how do I stand this head up? And then he sees the, the letter spike and just... <laughs> That's perfect. Is this and it's great. I think the first time I saw this was a like probably a year after it came out. I probably saw it on video. And uh, I loved it right away. Mm. I mean, you'd see something like this and you'd know immediately, this is my thing and I'm going to be watching this a lot. <laughs> yeah. And I have to ask you though, Will, uh, since you're younger than me, would did you just get this from the video store? And... I think I actually saw Bride of the Reanimator first. And you backtracked from there. And then I backtracked, and I think I saw Bride of the Re. I know I saw Bride of the Reanimator on video, so I must have seen this on video. Yeah. Afterwards, unless it was on TV sometime, but uh, could have been. I can't remember anything Bride of the Reanimator, and if you'd asked me about this movie before we rewatched it, I probably couldn't tell you much about it. But rewatching it was like, oh yeah, I remember all these scenes. The I one I didn't remember every bit of this was that was that the uh that Dr. Halsey was was uh sort of uh psychically controlling all of the lobotomized uh reanimated dead yeah. bodies. All those zombies were sort of under his mental control. I forgot about that. And that's, I guess, further explained in the unedited version, like how he exactly does that. Well, they, they did an R-rated version where, uh, uh, because, uh, maybe because so much stuff had to be cut, they, right. they re-edited back in all that subplot about him being a, you know, using hypnotism and right. using his mind to control things. Including um, controlling uh, the uh, Dean. So it was... Uh, uh, let's see. I, I think I just said Dr. Halsey, but I, I meant to say Dr. Hill. So Dr. Hill is controlling everybody, but uh, Dean Halsey is under his control mm. and doing really gross things like uh, putting the doctor's head between his own daughter's legs until, <laughs> you know, finally. I, I love the bit where he, uh, like, uh, Hall is talking to Megan. Uh-huh. And they're, they're in front of the window. And then at <laughs> the right moment, the guy's like... Like headbutts the glass behind yeah. them. <laughs> oh. oh, it's crazy. It's so funny. So, uh, yeah, this this whole thing with the um, with the psychic control, I didn't remember that, and I did not remember the uh, the intestines shooting out and strangling Doctor West. Yeah, that was, that was like uh, a lot of these these movies when I was a kid that you had to like look at Fangoria, and then you wouldn't see the movie, and then. You know all the missing bits, and you could just oh, that's when that happened. That's when that happened. You had to like do this 
re-edit it in your yeah. mind. Well, that's what was missing because sometimes they just uh, what what just happened there? You know, it got, gets all smoky and Herbert West disappears. <laughs> right. Yeah, I have to say, I forgot the exploding the inte- the exploding intestines that kill him. Yeah, yeah it was or, so weird. I don't know if he dies, but. Well, I'm sure he comes back in the second one, so there's that. So um, I actually got to meet uh, Jeffrey Combs. I, I know I told you this story, but for the listeners who didn't know this, um, I knew I was going to get a photograph of him signed for my nephew Johnny for a wedding present. And uh, he and his bride both love Reanimator. And so... I had him write something about who's going to believe a talking head. Congratulations <laughs> on your wedding. And so we got a, a, a little photo op where uh, I have him breaking my pencil and I'm reaching over, handing him a pen <laughs> because Herbert West breaks two pencils during the yes. lecture because he does not like what the professor, the doctor professor is saying. Hill, I guess. So anyway, uh, it, it was really interesting to be able to to see him and tell him, Man, when I was young, we watched this thing probably ten times. Yeah, I, I've told you the story where I met someone dressed as the reanimator. Oh yeah, yes. yeah. yeah, okay, <laughs> which is great. Oh man, Doctor West. Doctor West, I presume. <laughs> he kissed you on the Who mouth. Wants a he remake did. with Kanye. Kanye West. What? <laughs> Kanye West reanimator. Yes, Kanye West reanimator. <laughs> I kept waiting for it. They kept saying West. Yeah. West. Mr. West. Well, maybe now they're doing all these like big budget films of the Universal series. Oh, okay. They should, they should take the reanimator and, and do the like the, the stories where he's in the war and things. They could do the bigger scale. Yeah. I would love to see that. Are those ever going to get off the ground? That just seems like an idea that they... They well, keep kicking it, it's around. It's the Dark Universe franchise. So the first one's The Mummy. Oh, and that's coming and out gonna this year, And they're going to tie them all right? in. Yeah. Oh, speaking of The Mummy With... and Tom Cruise. Uh, thanks a lot, Brian. I thought Brian. it was Ted Cruz that was in The Mummy. <laughs> that would be really Son funny. Son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks, Brian, for pointing out to me Tom Cruise's front tooth. Oh, oh don't you love his middle tooth? Oh I love God. it. You can't unsee it. Yeah, once you once you know about it, you can't unsee it. Do you John, know about this? No. <laughs> his front teeth are not centered at all. Like so not by a lot. One tooth is actually right in the middle. Yeah, if you draw a line right down the middle of Tom Cruise's face. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, John <laughs> Kay, who did Ren and Stimpy, who does the best caricatures of actors, you should look him up. He drew John, uh, Tom Cruise's middle tooth, and after that, I could never unsee it. <laughs> and, you know, I'm not tooth-shaming the guy, you know. He could get it fixed, right? He's got a zillion dollars. Who yeah, cares? Yeah. He's has, not listening to the show. And it's not slowing him down. No. There's no wind drag on his weird front tooth. So, fuck it. Who cares? Um, yeah, so this, this show, uh, <laughs> this movie... I got to say, it has probably one of the more, how do you even describe Barbara Crampton? Because she is wholesome looking, if that mm-hmm. word could be used, but really beautiful. There's not, there's nothing, there's nothing deliberately uh, exploitive, exploitative in how they film her, other than the fact they've got her quite nude a couple times. Um, 
but it's not in a super provocative way. Yeah. But there's something really ideal about her. Like she's like what you would expect other countries to imagine our ideal American woman of that era. Right. And uh, she she's interesting because like uh, you know in the, the the Frankenstein story it's always a couple of men creating life without woman right yeah. and uh, and so they bring her this character in because like there's no women in Lovecraft right there's the occasional landlady or re- reference to a fiance or something but right <laughs> not a lot of women characters in in Lovecraft but yeah yeah so she she's the counterpoint she is. And and, uh, and not really exploited. You could argue that she is, but I don't think she's really exploited. And the woman can act. Mm-hmm. She looks great. She can act. I mean, it, she's she's perfect for this movie. And then uh, she's done a lot of other cool things since. But it was like they could have just put someone in there and and just made her sexy and dirty and made the whole thing weird. But they didn't. There's something like you really want her to make it through the movie and you really yeah, want her to res- rescue the guy. And yeah. Everything. And do you notice the second shot of her? Uh, she's in bed with a boyfriend and uh, the poster on the wall is talking heads. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did notice that. It's the one with the big suit. Stop yeah. making sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I looked at it and I didn't, I mean, I looked right at the fact it said talking heads and I didn't yeah. even think huh, there's going to be talking uh-huh. heads later. <laughs> Good catch, Julian. That is a good catch. <laughs> Apparently, the the scriptwriter he phoned up Stuart Gordon, at, you know, sometime late at night and said, "I've just thought out of this great visual pun," <laughs> and he just couldn't help laughing. Uh, it, it works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the cast, they all do a great job. Yes. Yes. I'm I'm quite pleased with the performances. I mean, even the weird nude zombies are, you know doing weird nude zombie stuff really well but all the main actors even the security guard he's he's good. i love the security guard <laughs> he's, he's, he's there with his was it boudoir magazine yeah, boudoir. yes boudoir <laughs> yes he could have over, overplayed it and ruined it mm-hmm. but he's just like he's right uh, did, i'm going i'm leaving i did like that he immediately he's like i'm calling the cops yeah. <laughs> there was no security guard you know, tin star tin cupcake star. deputy. He's he's not gonna <laughs> he's go. He's gone. No, I'm gonna go call the cops. <laughs> it's like this is a job for the guys with real guns. Yeah, I'm not messing with this. I, I do love the part where uh, where Doctor Hill goes by with uh, with with the the, <laughs> medi- the medical mannequin head on. <laughs> is that you, Doctor Hill? Yeah. Oh, it's me. Um, of course it is. So <laughs> muffled in the bag. <laughs> oh. Break time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there, there's there's nothing in this movie that doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you guys feel about it. but Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is a good movie. This in is... fact, full disclosure, I've watched it three times since we talked about watching it. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Three times. <laughs> I watched it once when we first talked about it, so well over a week ago, and then a couple nights ago and again last night. Yeah, can't get enough of Reanimator. And uh, I'm sure that had to be uh, glow stick juice, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's oh, exactly what it is. It would either it would have to be either that or antifreeze with a black light shining on it. No, I'm pretty sure it's glow stick juice. Yeah. There's only one optical. It was Predator blood. Thank <laughs> you very much. 
Which is funny because they didn't even know the Predator existed until two years later. This was filmed in the same studio they did Terminator. So a lot of the crew were from Terminator. Oh, okay. And uh, uh, Schwarzenegger's double plays the first guy they revive. Oh, Uh, okay. That makes a lot of sense. Peter Kent, I think. Yeah. But yeah, so that that big muscly guy they bring around, yeah, that was his double in Terminator. Okay, yeah. And and because of that... uh, Arnold heard about the movie, and so they had a screening for him and his buddies. Oh, nice! And uh, and then and, that, and then that's how Stuart Gordon picked up other movies. Did you uh, did you all notice the legless or the one-legged body breathing in the morgue? Mm-mm. Oh, it's bad. <laughs> I did it's not once notice you that. notice it, you can't unsee oh. it, just like a metal tooth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's. Uh, he goes in, he takes the one body in the morgue in the beginning, the dead lady that yeah. died on the table. He puts her in there and he's standing there and there's a body in a bag. And you see one foot sticking out, but mm. like it's missing the other foot. And then if you watch the light on the bag, you can see the person breathing. Oh. It's ah. like, oh, none of the others <laughs> are breathing, but that one, it's, you can yeah. see him breathing or her, whoever's in that bag. Right. Damn it! All I have to do is not rewatch it. Yep. <laughs> I've seen it three times. I've committed it to memory. I, so, have you seen Bride? Not in a I, long I've time. I've seen it once. I've only seen it once. Yeah, and I don't remember anything about it. Mm, they're in a prison, I think. Something like that. Yeah, but I, I remember it being okay, but I, I didn't feel the need to go back to it like I do with this one. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Because I saw that one first, I'm almost certain after we watch it. But I remember the other thing I watched this week. I finally watched Rabbit. Oh, yeah. So another Cronenberg, <laughs> which is almost exactly like uh, Shivers. It's the same building. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, that's a good one. I don't know which one I like more. Man, we're 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 really uh, giving props to. Um... Stuart Gordon and uh, David Cronenberg during these 80s. Yeah. Gotta say, because we, we talked about doing... This was one of the best debuts of the 80s, surely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I didn't realize this was his first film. But, yeah, uh, yeah, you could put together an all-star, you know, lineup of great movies from the 80s and include, you know, Evil Dead 2 and Reanimator and mm-hmm. all these other movies that are just so fun to watch. And... They really do try to accomplish their special effects in the best ways possible. Limitations being, you know, budget or the times in which they were made or who was available to do it. But for the most part, uh, it all works. And uh, the stuff that could be done better, well, you wait long enough, then it's done worse by CG. You know, I'd rather watch this. Yeah, I don't think anything in this could really be done much better. Right. The effects in this are incredible for... I don't know how much this movie cost, but I don't imagine it was too, too much. Um, about a million. They, yeah. yeah, they estimated 900,000. Yeah. And shot in about two and a half weeks. Yeah. Which, you, you kind of get that sense that, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of change with the people in the cast. It wasn't like they left for six months and came back and reluctantly filmed more scenes or right. their hair is different. I or... think the opening scene was something they shot after the... They, the zurich stuff yeah you know that part it was such an interesting cold open because you didn't get cold opens like that in movies so much back then Mm. and you're just like right in the middle of the action that you don't know what the hell's going on (laughs) 
you think, oh, this is going to be wild. Yeah. It's like, oh, they hit the ground running, didn't they? Uh, yeah. And I think the first actress pulled out when she saw what she was required to do. And then they got Barbara Crampton. <laughs> She's like, I'm up for whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she looks great. I mean, the, like I said, she's she's ideal looking without being like dirty, sexy looking. So it, it, there's something about that that really works. Yeah, like you believe this her. wouldn't work with Linnea Quigley or someone like that. Yeah, it it has to be somebody who you believe is a real person mm-hmm. on the on the you know the better looking end of a real person. Yeah, <laughs> on the scale of what's normal. So uh, yeah, this movie was made for nine hundred thousand. Um, it opened in 129 theaters and grossed in the U.S. Uh, 543,000 and change on its opening weekend. It went on to make two million and some change in North America alone. So it really made its money, and that's why they so readily made *Bright of Reanimator*. I would imagine is because it's a proven money maker right out of the gate. So uh, yeah, the the uh, R-rated version. Um, and the unedited version have a difference between, let's see, 86 minutes and 105 minutes. Wow. So that's some heavy cutting. Yeah. Was that 19 minutes there? Yeah, I think so. Uh, the movie... There's a lot of footage left. Yeah. 20 minutes is a lot of movie. And I think the version we have on Shudder is the full version. I think it was. There were two versions on Amazon. But I could not tell you what the difference between them were. They were both the same length. Huh. However think... long this was. Well, the... Uh... 86 minutes, it says here. Yeah, so Unrated. that... Unrated. Yeah, so... And I believe that's what the one on Shutter is. Oh, that's the same. That could be. Well, I then... have to look. There's probably just a few more minutes of, uh, of entrails sneaking around, grabbing people... <laughs> things like that more more nude zombies you know body slamming people um this this was a, a well-received movie by critics which it's easy to imagine critics just blowing off horror movies uh categorically back then but i th- i think uh i i will bring it up again i think it is because it's close to camp and i think it gives yeah. people it gives you a chance to laugh i don't think when horror movies take themselves super seriously critics enjoy that i right. think horror has to have a bit of tongue-in-cheek it has to be fun yeah by nature it should be fun uh, even roger ebert enjoyed the movie and he gave it three out of four stars saying uh, and i quote i walked out somewhat surprised and reinvigorated if not reanimated by a movie that had the audience emitting taxi whistles and wild goat cries <laughs> i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i guess he meant they were cheering and making other noises as well he wasn't at a fleetwood mac concert by accident yeah <laughs> i always thought she sounded like a goat um yeah it's it's just got a, an incredibly good pace to it uh if you look on uh, rotten tomatoes website it's got 94 percent fresh rating sounds about right yeah do you think it's partly because like if critics are inclined to look down on genre movies? If if a genre movie is saying, "Oh, you can laugh at this," they're yeah. in with it. Yeah, I think so. If it's actually trying to do something uh, serious, they they all dismiss it. Well, 
I think I think yeah, they dismiss it, but I think that sometimes horror movies that suffer from over seriousness can be their own worst enemy. Absolutely. Because I think horror needs to be tempered with a bit of Yes, it's very close to comedy, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um and I think it needs to be tempered with a bit of humor because otherwise you end up with, you know, um I don't know, it's just too dour. Mm. I think if this thing had removed all the comedy, it wouldn't work. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't see any Italian director, zombie directors, doing a good one. Yeah, like yeah, this. yeah, exactly. It would have been really different. You know, I think that's why something like Buffy the Vampire Slayer was popular because it didn't take itself super seriously. I think things like vampires and zombies are sort of inherently silly even if they can be scary the concept is absurd the the concept is absurd and think about going to like a haunted house as a kid you knew you were going to be scared but that's you know that's the fun it's going to be you know i don't know i think the biggest fear when you're a kid going through uh, like a a haunted house or uh, a what they called a a dark ride where you actually mm-hmm. ride through it in a cart. Uh, the the scariest part was you didn't know when you were going to get startled next and you didn't know how long it was going to last. Yes. Like as far as you know, it could last an hour and it probably lasts about six minutes. My, my cousin's first, the first haunted house we ever went through, uh, my little cousin, she's a couple years younger than me. Um, my other cousin, he and I are the same age. We were probably about eight or nine, and so she was about six or seven. Um, she wasn't terrified by anything in the in the haunted house until the very end. The soundtrack started playing. It's only beginning. It's only <laughs> beginning, and that really that she thought she would never get out alive. <laughs> <laughs> this has just started. It's only beginning. That's so funny. I've only been to one and it was really lame. Oh, should we try to go to one this Halloween? Okay. Yeah, maybe we it, should go it to... Was just, uh, it was just completely dark and then occasionally something would brush your head. And... Yeah, that's typically how they are. Yeah, but... It is more smelly than scary. Yeah. But... Pat Oswald tells a great bit about coming around the corner at a haunted house and somebody's toddler was wearing a Frankenstein mask walking in a strobe light and he said that was the scariest thing he'd ever seen and he was trying to get Guillermo del Toro or somebody on the phone to tell them you just need to cast a, a couple toddlers with adult sized masks on and it that and, would totally work yeah it looked like an Apex twin video yeah something, something. Oh. oh yeah that video with all the uh, all the little girls with yeah. the man masks on come to daddy that yeah, one they're all, they're oh, masks so creepy. of him yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, that's creepy. Did I ever tell you my idea about the um, the, the twins from The Shining? Uh, I, I want to do like a full-size cardboard cutout of the twins. And I got this idea when I was up at um, this uh, hotel in uh, Breckenridge. And the, the place had like this ugly wild carpeting, this weird pattern, and really long hallways. And you could so easily get lost because all the buildings were just like you could take one small wrong turn and not be in your building, but be in the other building Mm -hmm. because the entries were kind of near each other. So you could be in the wrong building completely and it looks just like the building you're supposed to be in. And the room numbers are like 
three digits, a dash, another digit, a dash, and then two more digits. And you're like, fuck, I don't even know what my, my room number is like several digits long with a bunch of dashes in it. And I, oh, I'm so lost. Well, my idea was right off the elevator, set up a hidden camera. And then at the end of the hall, set up a cardboard cutout of the twins from the shining with a pinhole camera in it. So you'd get the reactions from two camera angles because that's the last damn thing. If you've ever seen the shining that you want to see in a, creepy hotel that you're having a hard time finding your way around in in leadville <laughs> we stayed in leadville in the hotel you walk down this hallway you turn the corner and it's pitch black and they had like a six or seven foot tall santa claus oh my god just stuck down there in the darkened end of the hallway for no reason wow other than to creep people out keep you out of that hallway because you turned the corner and you saw it and you were just like whoa what is that i used to love my old um museum in the town i grew up in it it was in this uh, they converted this old mansion and it's like you know old from like the 20s when people weren't even alive (laughs) yeah the no, 1620s maybe no. <laughs> everyone was just steam instead of blood yeah um but and it was all it was all dark wood and stuff like that Ooh. and it was like way before you know they had to rebuild public buildings to accommodate the disabled and things yeah like, and, and lighting and safety and things like that <laughs> and especially when you're a kid and all the perspective is just oh yeah everything looms over you but you like in like in the first floor, you, you you'd have like this. There was this mummy you could look at, and then you'd go up these dark stairs and you wander around these corridors and you see all these stuffed birds and things. And you'd be gra- gradually more unsettled, wow. and then at a certain point you come around the corner and they had the d- this display of Victorian toys, and and of course in the doorway the big glass case of Victorian dolls. Mm, yeah. When they do dolls for horror movies, they always mess it up because they always like put on scars and fangs and things like that. They don't mean no, any of that. No, no, no. no, no. no. just have this porcelain features with these staring eyes and it's just uncanny. Um, yeah, it was pretty frightening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, marionettes just hanging in their static pose. Definitely creepy too. There was a window full of them in Seattle and a friend of mine from Chicago because uh, we were in the car, we were all remarking on them, and one of them was Satan wearing a three-piece suit, just a classic red devil with horns. And uh, Jim J. Rouse said, uh, "I think I saw that one tapping on the glass," <laughs> which that's all it would take. Yeah, I don't know if I ever mentioned a few episodes ago that I rewatched Trilogy of Terror. Oh yeah. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. I just had to see the one with the little Zuni doll. Mm. Oh, it was good. The other two stories, yeah, they're all right, but that story is just good to watch. I was listening back to some other podcasts. Mm-hmm. I'll confess now, uh, but Shockwaves is really fun. Oh, of course. They did this episode where they were trying to come up with the uh, the their idea of the ultimate like portmanteau horror movie, where mm-hmm. they they just pick short uh, horror films from other uh huh compilations and then make their own mix of them. Oh, okay. Like, just about everyone pick the, the Zuni doll. The Zuni episode. fetish doll, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, and uh, Rebecca McKendry was at Phoenix Comic Con, but I couldn't find her booth or table. And there was certainly no time for me to leave our booth for me to go to uh, any of the panels that she was on. But uh, yeah. she was there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, she'd be fun to talk to. She's really yeah. into like weird 
yeah. Japanese horror movies and things yeah, like that. Their, their whole crew is super knowledgeable yeah, yeah, yeah. and fun to listen to. Yeah. yeah, I enjoy them a lot. Yeah, and you know they added Ryan to the mix when they when they took it from uh, uh, Killer POV to Shockwaves, and uh, he's a great addition. So mm. that's it's our little commercial for a different podcast. <laughs> it's a really good horror movie. If you podcast. want to hear a good podcast? <laughs> yeah. Listen to those guys. <laughs> also, Faculty of Horror. You know, and and there's definitely a um, a feminist bent on uh, their their approach. There's an academic and feminist bent on it. That's, in my opinion, done really well and. Any guy who's a dick about that kind of thing is not going to like it. But then again... Yeah, I'll check it out. Should we yeah. pick a political bent for our show? Maybe we should analyze these through economic policy or something, you know? <laughs> but, How but, does this movie reflect, you know, the state of Reaganomics in oh, yeah. America in the late 80s? Kafifi content. Yeah. Kafifi. Yeah. <laughs> Um, when are they going to reveal that he had a stroke? I don't know. <laughs> that That's totally a, a stroked out nonsense word if I ever saw one. It, it means something. <laughs> oh, well, uh, do you feel like we covered the movie pretty well as far as... <laughs> what do we, we cover a movie? Pretty much. Once again? I, I think anyone listened... If anyone's listening to this, they've probably seen Reanimator. It's such a they fun should, film. Yeah. You've got to see it. You, you've got it, yeah. It's a highly recommended film. Absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> for people who are a little reticent to watch like a full-on horror movie, but they'd rather have something that's kind mm. of fun or different, I would say, yes, get this I one. I think this would be a great thing to watch with a group of people who haven't seen it. Oh, it would be wonderful. Mm. I would love to see that, you know be sort of the fly on the wall in that i was kind of hoping gene hadn't seen this before and you're like damn it it. (laughs) she had seen it yeah so yeah it's (laughs) it's a good one was not a fan of horror movies at all i forced to watch so many now (laughs) so is she coming around sort of yeah she's been quite the trooper she's come around she's admitted she's seen quite a few good horror movies yeah it's it's a genre that offers a lot of different things to a lot of different kinds of viewers and people who are put off too early and don't give it another chance are missing out on a lot of cool stuff. Or if you think it's just slasher films or just one type of film, you you know, Emily will enjoy them. She just, she's not into being gross, just to be gross. And she really doesn't like that. Every horror movie has someone throwing up oatmeal, Mm. the vomiting and, and the animal, uh, murder. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I, I wouldn't even. No. Oh, so you're not going to watch vomiting animal murders? No. Probably. Or vomiting animal murders too. Uh, uh, that one's no good. Yeah, the third one goes down. They more. really take off with the vomiting really? animal murders. Well, yes, vomiting technology came a long way with vomit. <laughs> oh, I might check that one out. Then. <laughs> it's very, very advanced. Yeah, vomit technology came a long way in just the two years between those movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the the um, the stealth vomit cannon. They really brought when they the, actually the, uh... vomit up a dead animal, though, that really just set the bar really too high. Bring those buckets of carrots to the party. Yes. <laughs> mm, so buckets of sick. Since we already covered aliens. Should we do From Beyond? Did we? Well, we covered we aliens. Did, uh, aliens. Oh, that's right. We did not cover aliens. We didn't cover aliens. Dollar sign. <laughs> <Aliens>. <laughs> exactly. So what should we do? 
Do we flip a coin? I think from, from Beyond. From beyond. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, Aliens is fantastic, and I would love to watch it again, and I might. Yeah. Well, this this links um, together nicely since we're talking... Okay, more, more Lovecraft. Yeah. But I think that's from a, Stuart Gordon. Yeah, and, a lesser known of the two films. Right. And uh, maybe lesser appreciated, but still crazy and bizarre. Yeah. And let's do that. Okay. From Beyond. And I don't think I've seen that one but once a long time yeah. ago. Now, I am campaigning for us watching um, Lair of the White Worm. Mm-hmm. Is that 88 or 87? I think that's 88. Okay. That's now dropped below 20 bucks. Good. For the new Blu-ray. Yeah, because I need to buy that. I meant to buy it before I went to Phoenix, and then, uh, you know, life got in the way. I had to print a giant poster of a bloody baseball bat. <laughs> I hate when that happens. Yeah. Well, I got paid for it, so that was good. So, anywho, um, we covered it, and we're going to cover another one similar to it. Uh, should it we just as well? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, the main thing is we talked about it, and we gave it a, a, a good recommend. And yeah. What, what go else see you want? It. Yeah. Go watch it. Yeah, and you know, you could get uh, your your uh, what do they call that trial membership to Shutter? Yeah. They give you like a week or a month. They give or you seven days free if you're an Amazon yeah. subscriber. So it and just to let our listeners know, you either um, you get it as an app that could be on your computer, your pad, and your phone. Are they uh, are they paying you to say this? No, um, they're paying. Why say nothing? It? Why say it? Okay. Well, the reason why is because our listeners can have it for a week for free and mm-hmm. watch movies like Reanimator. Um, I think it's a good deal. It's four ninety nine a month. That's a good yeah. deal. So they're not paying us to say this, but uh, but if they want to, yeah. they're not going to turn down the checks. <laughs> that's true. So yeah, um, but that's why I say it is because uh, I gave it a chance and I liked it enough to to get on board with it. And my queue of movies to watch is much longer than the time I have. Yeah, for I think movies. if you like horror films, you should probably subscribe. It's yeah. Don't be bummed that it doesn't have everything. Selection. Yeah. And it had plenty of things that I had not seen before, but have yeah. wanted to watch. Yeah, and the battery was on there. Yeah, and the battery, which I need to rewatch. Yeah, Reanimator was on there. Um, it was there were some good surprises what they did have, and you know some not surprising things they didn't have. It's like I don't expect them to have, you know, Jaws or Poltergeist. They may not have those particular kind of titles. Those are probably licensed to someone else, like Netflix or whatever. No, I'm surprised they haven't done the third Reanimator yet. They should. Yeah. They the really, re-reanimator. A re-reanimator reboot. <laughs> yes. What, what could they do with that? With Kanye West. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's kind of nice that it's not been run into the ground like every other franchise, but... Yeah. I, I, on the other hand, I'm surprised that it hasn't been done. Yeah. Right. So, there we go. So, till next time. Yeah. Okay. Stay off the moors. Inhale to the new flesh. <laughs> Long live the new oh, flesh. That's right, damn it. Long Get live... it right, damn okay. it. Take two. Long live the new flesh.